Hey, Jeb. Oh, hey, John. Do you want to talk about Toy Story? Yeah, sounds like a really good idea. But, like, talk about it a lot. Going in detail with each given minute in Toy Story? Yeah, but can we talk about why Woody has teeth even though he wasn't made with them? I don't see why not. Only if we can talk about the importance of plastic corrosion awareness. Only if we can talk about how Sid is not really a bad kid. Let me ask you this, though. Can we talk about strong lesbian moms? Can we talk about using the sad song from Toy Story 2 as a test to see if people are a robot? I like that idea. So, come listening to us talk about Toy Story five times a week on Toy Story Minute. Find it on Dueling Genre or your podcast app of choice. If you listen, you'll be my favorite deputy. You got a friend in us? Both of us, yeah. Nice. Dueling Genre. Good morning, happy Tuesday, welcome to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we have analyzed, reviewed, and celebrated the movie Back to the Future Part 3, one directly flying into the camera minute at a time. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. (laughs) I'm Scott Corelli. We've definitely used that before, I think. Uh. One, for the, for, at, the, at the end of the first minute, I think we've I, I, the first movie. I think we've one used. one last flying directly into the camera <laughs> at a time. Very good. Um, um, you're you're Scott Corelli. I am. I said that. Okay, cool. Making sure. Um, so yeah, this is this is it. This is the final minute of the. This is bef- right before everyone walked out. What minute? Minute minute one twelve. <laughs> Which I already said that. Did you not hear no, me? You didn't. No. Yeah. It. Okay. Uh, oh, no, right. No, you, right. You, you, oh, you did not. <laughs> okay. I know what I did now. Yeah. Which. Uh, so we're yeah, today. We're going back to minute 112, which uh, starts with Marty asking Doc a very meta question and ends with the first acting credits and principal acting credits of the movie. Mm hmm. Um, um, oh, to the tune of Double Back. Yeah, it's such a buzzkill of a you could, like. <laughs> I was we were just talking about this on can- off mic, but like, you know, it's flying with trains flying right towards you, and the end, and it's so so they juicy, and the score is like shimmering, and it's over, and then Double Back. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ugh. Like, I mean, no disrespect to to the top. But <laughs> it's just like so not what you are in the mood to hear. I don't know. I, 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 think, mm-hmm. it's weird. I think it's weird that they didn't cap it with Power of Love or Back in Time. Yeah, or even the even the Western theme. Yeah, just, know? just double back is weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird choice for that. How, how um, weird would it have been if uh, right at the end? I think I would have been okay if it had played double back like halfway through the credits, of you know, course, like of course, changed yeah. it up to double back. It's just like starting with double back just feels like, oh man, yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't like, I can't get out of this theater fast enough. <laughs> I like for, okay. Like really, really weird example. But uh, in the movie Thor, there's a Foo Fighters song in it called walk that when I was a freshman in college, it was like my jam. Wait, really? 
Yeah, dude, it's from a really, really good Foo Fighters album called Wasting Light. But that's in Thor? It, it's playing in the bar where oh. when when uh, Stalin Skarsgård and Thor are like drinking and stuff. But it also plays, uh. but it also plays again during the end credits. It's like the first non score song in the credits. Weird. Yeah, but like imagine how much weirder it would be if it was the first thing that played during the end credits. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, way weirder. Yeah. So hmm. yeah, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, uh, I really like the effect of the 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 train doors closing. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's super really cool. cool. It's super cool, and it's not it it's aged really well. It's not super cringy. It it looks really. Mm -hmm. I don't. I just one last time. Uh, just round of goddamn applause for the team of wizards that 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 built the models and oh yeah this train it's gorgeous yeah no i mean it is like we we talked about it last week a little and and about how it's it's a little weird and i mean honestly a flying train is like the most impractical thing it's 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 <laughs> doc spruce goose yeah it's absurd i mean it is we all know it is but it's yeah. also like like kind of like dumb kooky like 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 doc is i mean it's it's the same <laughs> I, it, it's sort of the same um kind of logic that goes into like making a time machine out of a delorean yeah like, he's like hmm, i need a more i need more room a train like it's yeah like and, and we know that he likes trains because yeah he's a big dork so it is it, yeah. it's it's fine he's the kind of dork that's they kind of almost don't have anymore yeah you ever know i was watching um Oh, oh, I was watching an episode of, of Tales from the Crypt, and it has a very, like, Sam Raimi, Robert Zemeckis, kind of like Mad Magazine Three Stooges humor that uh -huh. is so specific to their generation mm -hmm. that I don't even think I could try and emulate it if that, if I tried, it would be weird, but I love, yeah. I love watching it because there's just something so, like, Watching your, it's like watching your dads goof around with each other. It's very pure. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's very pure and goofy, and it's like the best part of, like, the kind of dumb. I, I don't. This is the guy like masculine humor. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. There's no meanness to it. There's no. Well, I mean, but there's a meanness to it, but it's like directed towards each other. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a joy to watching. Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, knowing that Sam Raimi is giggling at all the horrible things he's doing to his best friend, Bruce Campbell, you know? <laughs> right. That's very true. Very true. Um. So, yeah. So, so the, the, the train is, it flies away and, yeah. Well, not, yep. not yet. No, it wasn't fly away yet. Uh, do, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to talk about the line? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so... Marty asks, like, where where are you going now? Back to the future. And uh last and, title slip. And Doc says, Nope, already been there. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, you you mentioned that it was a meta line, but I actually think it's meta even more so than just being a title drop. I think that it's Zemeckis and Gale definitively saying, like, Oh, are you going back to the future? And Doc's like, no, I've already been there. And I think that's them saying like, yeah, we've, we've done it. 
it's it's over now. Like yeah. we're we're done. We're not coming back to this. This is the end forever. Um, I'm making and, a movie about the cosmetic industry, and now it's, yeah. <laughs> it's beauty standards are unhealthy for women. Yeah, that's what I'm doing next. Um, what are you doing next? I'm kind of <laughs> bombing around. <laughs> I, think I, do, um, I think I do a movie with James Woods after this. <laughs> uh, so, uh, ba, ba, uh, I, I think that um, I think that's what that line is actually saying. I think that line is about how they are not going to come back to this universe again. Yeah. And because uh, they're basically saying, oh, we already did it. Why would we why would we come back? We, yeah. We've said all we need to say about it. It's um, not the Doc Brown way. Right. And uh, and it's it's um, well, I'm talking about I'm not I'm not talking about Doc. I'm talking about the Bobs. Well, yeah, yeah, um, I, I know, but that would be against the spirit of like you know progress. That see that Zemeckis seems to really kind of believe in with his whole heart. Uh huh. Um, and then and you know and just to like put even more of a fine point on it, when they went to the premiere of Back to the Future Three, they all wore T-shirts that said Back to the Future Part Four inside like the red circle with the line through it, like Ghostbusters, you know. <laughs> oh, I thought they I thought they walked in carrying a coffin. No, with, no, with no, the no. Back, with a Back to the Future logo on it. <laughs> with just the pieces of the DeLorean. And, the, in the, yeah. and then they drop it in the middle of the red carpet. They pour some gas on it. And they like set it on fire. Yeah. And then like they get on their knees and they do like the metal fingers thing where they're like trying to make <laughs> it's a, like a Viking funeral. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no, but they, they did wear T-shirts to like definitively say like there is no Back to the Future Part 4. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, and they've always said it's never going to happen. They've never even hinted that it might happen. Yeah. Uh, so this is for them. I think this line completely encapsulates their feelings on yeah. the series uh, in that, you know, we're never coming back to this. They're like the anti Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. <laughs> God, imagine if the Ghostbusters, uh, if Go if Ghostbusters two had been Ghostbusters two and three back to back sequels. Oh boy! And like the third one was Ghostbusters in Hell. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't know if that would have been. That might have been better because they might have ended up with like a looser script, which would have led to more like, you know, this brilliant little improv and, stuff. And, yeah, in the first one. Yeah, you know, hmm, to me. I was listening to a um I was listening to a, there's a really good nerdist with Danny McBride and Michael Fassbender out right now. Yeah, I heard that. Oh, cool. I really liked what Danny McBride had to say about improvisation in in film. Mhm. Mm Cuz it's something that I think you and I've been talking about off mic for a while where it's like, you know, Danny McBride was saying that you know, when you go see a comedy now, a kind of a, you know, not that lovingly made studio comedy. It's kind of like, oh, here he goes. You know, he's about to, this actor's about to go on a run. You know, he's about to go on an improv run. Right. And, and he's like, and when they were shooting Vice Principal starring, I mean, co-starring, uh, we're starring, uh, friend of the show, former guest of the show, Michael Gorman. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, he was like, when they were writing it, uh, they were like, let's, let's really stick to the script and do it that way. Mm -hmm. And yeah i i think the the prime example of that marriage between the two is ghostbusters mm-hmm like because that movie is tight but it feels loose it's a miracle that's the dirty right. thing i've ever said on this show 
Well, uh, I think I think I think what it what it is is um it wasn't until you pointed out that it was. I'm sorry. Um it it's uh I, I think I think what it was is that everyone else I don't think ever I don't think anyone else in the cast really improved a lot. I think they just let Bill Murray do his thing. And that <laughs> allowed things to get a little looser, you know, but yeah. but not go outside the script because he was kind of the only one doing it. You know, um, I've been, I've been any, on any grand scale. Like I think Aykroyd and um um Harold Ramis, I think they both did it a little bit, but I think they were closer to the script because they wrote it. You know, what's so brilliant about what Aykroyd and Ramis are doing in that movie is, you know, I've been taking UCB classes uh, recently because I want to be famous, you guys. And uh, <laughs> and and one thing that they always say is like, you know, don't when playing a straight man, the, re- the reason a character plays a straight man is you don't want to paint blue on a blue canvas. Mm hmm. Uh, you you have to have a normal setting so that a Peter Venkman type anomaly really stands out, and mm-hmm. it's it's a testament to Ramis and Ackroyd to be like, okay, we're gonna let Bill be the blue paint, and we're gonna be part of the canvas, right, right, um, and it yeah. works out. It works out perfectly because then you get you get four distinct personalities in that movie as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, it's really good. Instead and, of, instead of like having like four guys who are all trying to outdo each other, like in 40 year old virgin, where you just have scenes with four guys sitting around out improving each other. Um, yeah, it gets yeah. exhausting. It, it, it does. And I would say like 40 year old virgin is an example of like that working, kind of just maybe because it was just so new at the time and and because Mm -hmm. all those all those four voices are like achingly funny in that movie but now you kind of see like well well, why call a spade a spade you know you go see Baywatch or like Office Christmas Party and it's like Mm -hmm. it's so obvious that like they they, they use the improv as as an excuse for not having a script and and bringing it to back to the future I don't think I don't think Baywatch is doing that because neither of those guys are improv guys Oh yeah, but just like riffing. If they're if they're using improv, then that movie's probably more of a disaster than the critics are even yeah. saying that it is. But uh, <laughs> but bringing it back to to Back to the Future, uh, is Marty is just a, a great yes ander. Mm-hmm. Like he goes with ev- he goes with everything and is always moving things forward in a way that always feels honest because he's not entirely like confident but he trusts doc mm-hmm. and his 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 faith his faith is rewarded in this final minute of the movie he's kind of a he's very samwise Gamgee in a way yeah but i i will say i think it's kind of funny that um marty just sort of tees off doc's little joke yeah uh but doesn't actually get an answer to his question because he's like He's like, where are you going? Back to the future? And Doc answers the second half of the question. No, already been there. Well, I think the answer, answer. He doesn't answer where they're going. Well, it's because I think the answer is pretty goddamn obvious. It's it's he's going to space, Scott. Oh, I see. Gotcha. He's going to outer space. Outer, <laughs> outer space. Anytime someone says outer space, I just think of that song from uh, uh, Lewin Davis. Oh yeah, um, outer yeah. space. 
<laughs> um so this is uh this is it. We we've reached the end of three movies. Uh you know, it says the end. Yep. Um we're done. We did it. Like Dora the Explorer. All right, bye everybody. <laughs> All right. You, you, um, you just end yeah, on so Tuesday. so what what so you know when we started this you know Back to the Future is my favorite movie of all time, um, and we started this endeavor and you like Back to the Future fine, but I don't know that you had extremely strong feelings about it like I do. How how I'm curious how your view of this trilogy has changed now that we're on the other side of it. I think that I loved the first one and mm -hmm. liked the trilogy. Mm -hmm. I think that I, I, I think that I like really loved the first one and, you know, had seen it in theaters like twice, even before recording. And I, you know, like I talk, I, you know, you know, you and I would talk about it all the time in terms of like it being a perfect script and like, it's very much yeah. in the style of, you know, when, when you and I think about this, you know, the studio movies that we would make or we want to make, it's more in line with this than what's kind of at the movies right now. So I guess the biggest thing that is changed is, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I, I love I love this trilogy. I love this this world now and I feel so close to it. And I know that that's in part just because of how much of it I've uh, put in my brain over the past couple of years. But it's, you know, I, I, I look at the, um, the, the, the plethora of uh, movies by minute shows that are, that are around now that have, that have grown and flourished in the, uh, in the years since we, we started back to the future minute. And, and I love all those shows uh, I, and I, I love the people that do those shows, but there's still no, there's still no like series of movies that I'm like more happy to s spend hours and hours of time on than back to the future. Mm -hmm. It's just so fun and <laughs> like weird and goofy and minimally cringy. Like I, I, I've, I, I really like how inclusive these movies are. I like how many different kinds of people we've had on the show. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, not to get too grandstandy, but I think in a time when not just the world seems divided, but it feels like geeky, like nerd internet people feel really divided. Mm -hmm. And I think that this movie then this trilogy kind of points to what, connects all of us which is like you know humor and family and friendship mm -hmm. yeah i i i uh i i think i i agree with that i think the other the other thing that i am really impressed with is that you know going into this i wasn't sure how i mean one of the one of the biggest concerns i remember hearing from a lot of people when other um movie by minute uh, podcast started popping up is that no one believed that you could do it outside of Star Wars because they were like, well, Star Wars works because there's so many characters and there's action figures and there's books about them and there's all this backstory and lore and there's all these things that you can talk about. So it works really well. But when I listen to their show, 
you know, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about that part of it. I was just thinking about how much they would take, how much, how much, how many details they would take from any given minute of Star Wars and, and talk about that specifically. I mean, yeah, they would get into lore and they would get into, to books and, and all of that stuff as well when it would come up. But I was always taken aback by just the stuff they would talk about that was in the frame of the minute. Um, but going into this, I was, I was, you know, concerned, like, would this series of films hold up to that sort of scrutiny? Would we always have enough to talk about? Um, and, you know, we're now at the end of this and I can't think of a minute of the movie where we didn't have at least, you know, 10 to 15 minutes worth of stuff to talk about, you know? And I, I'm, I, so like, I think at the end of the day, I'm impressed that these movies are as dense as they are minute to minute. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's a testament to the filmmaking of Robert Zemeckis and the, the writing the, and Dean Cundy and the writing of Bob Gale and the producing of Kathleen Kennedy and Marshall and Steven Spielberg that, mm -hmm. you know, each, each minute does feel so lovingly crafted. And, you know, I, as we're recording this, I'm a, a couple of days away from uh, directing my first short film, uh, mm -hmm. which is like the first <clears throat> bit of solo film directing I've I've ever done. Um, and it's gonna be up on it's gonna be up on Dueling Genre when it comes out. So like you guys will, I really want you guys to watch it. Um, I'm really I want it to be part of like the Dueling Genre network or family or whatever we're calling it. But yeah, of I, course, yeah, undoubtedly. Without a doubt in my mind, doing this podcast has has made me a better filmmaker, mm -hmm. um, and a better storyteller, and a better writer. Like, yeah, when my parents or anyone <laughs> is like, "Why are you doing that?" Like, or why did you know? What did you get out of it? It's like I, it, I think it made me a better filmmaker. I think it made me appreciate mm -hmm. cinema more. And I think the reason why these movies by minute shows are so, uh, you know, like they're like the freaking xenomorph and alien. The, the reason that it, it keeps growing is a lot like, you know, if you go on YouTube, there's all of these brilliant, amazing video essays about film. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that style of film critique fits really well with YouTube. And I hope that movies by minute as a format is kind of the podcast, the podcast equivalent of that, where mm -hmm. I, th I think movies by minute as a format plays to the strengths of the medium that podcasting has. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, even before the movies by minute uh, surge happened, there was the, uh, the rewatch podcast, the rise of the rewatch podcast, which was, um, you know, the, the podcast that rewatch uh, TV series episodically. Yeah. Right, exactly. So there is a big surge in those kinds of podcasts, and I think this is uh, th this this movies by minute thing has been uh, sort of like the next logical step in that because you know not not all uh, not all TV needs to be covered like that, and TV does not hold up to the minute by minute scrutiny. It just doesn't, um, and because it's not it's not made for that sort of format. But the but movies, I mean, they're made at such a such a deep level, and there's so much that goes into them. Not to say that a lot doesn't go into uh, TV shows, but it's a different kind of thing. Like with TV, 
your job as as you know a cast and crew and writers of a TV show is to keep the train rolling. Movies, uh, their job is to make the best movie possible. Yeah, and, like, and, and and that's not to say that that's not what TV's job is too. But getting the show out on time is more important in that particular case, and that's why you get some shows that like even good shows will have duds. Like even a Buffy has a where the wild things are, and it's like, well, we we got we got to we got to make an episode, so here we go. Yeah, this is, this is what we're gonna do. It's, um, it's, but that's uh, not that's that's hopefully not what's happening with movies, and it's certainly not what was happening with movies back then. Yeah, it it's it just it's just a different medium, and yeah, it, it's just a confluence of sta- of just of many different factors as to why it works for. I mean, just volume. Why would you? That's just so much more time to watch each episode of Mad Men minute by minute. You know. Like the episode, I think would lose focus in your brain at that point. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. That sounds somewhat hypocritical, but I, I just think slicing a two-hour movie minute by minute is just—it like that is still humanly. I think a human can still conceive that, but slicing up a six-series television show minute by minute, like that, just begins to warp the mind. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there like a really good Mad Men show? Because I'm just thinking like, oh, a Mad Men podcast would be great. But there has to be like 80. Yeah, there must be. There must be. Um, I've never looked for them, but there's mm-hmm. got to be. I mean, but then again, Mad Men didn't end that long ago. So there might not be yet. There might not be a rewatch show yet. There was definitely right. a ton of Mad Men shows when it was on the air. Right. But- like recap shows. Right, right. Um, well, in any event, I think, uh, I mean, how do you feel about the trilogy as a whole now? Like, you know, on the other side of this, do you feel, do you feel stronger about it? Do you, uh, do you, do you like, like, cause I personally, like I've always set back to the future. Like when I was a kid, the trilogy was the trilogy and it was all one big movie to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as I got older, like back to the future really rised above the rest. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's actually the perfect movie. And the other two are fun. And I still feel that way, but watching it in this format, you can really see the whole story as it is. Like we were talking about in yesterday's minute, the whole power of love thing. And you can sort of see the themes and the arcs of all these characters. And now when people say that Marty didn't have an arc, like I can, I can, you know, call bullshit on that because he did. He absolutely did. It just took uh, getting to the sequels to do it. Uh, And the same thing with Doc, you know? So it's, uh, it's it's great, although it's funny because Doc's arc is kind of the same. Like in the first movie, it's sort of like a, a like a like a yeah, like, micro scale. Yeah. Well, it's like a micro scale version of what his ultimate arc would end up being, mm-hmm. which is like the ah, what the hell? Like that is basically <laughs> Doc's arc. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and I, th- and I think that's just one of the casualties of planning a two and three after the one. You know, right. Sure, sure. So uh, I I think that I've I've learned to like even even though, you know, there were times where we got a little rough on Back to the Future 2. I think when you view it as one long story, I I just I think I just I just love it all, you know? Yeah, like no, I just love all of it. One thing that I I don't think that these sequels deserve to be remembered as like an unnecessary studio cash grab or, you know, what, you know, what so many sequels are, are 
remembered as, you know, I, I watching these two, you know, two and three, the, the work and the, the effort and the design by everyone in the, in every department, whether it's, you know, Zemeckis or Gale or the special effects and the acting is still so fun that I, you know, when you think about like the five Pirates of the Caribbean movies that are out there, what are they saying? You know, mm -hmm. what are they doing? Why, why, why do there need to be five of them? But mm -hmm. because, you, you know, with, with every Marvel movie, as easy as it is to get, you know, cinema hipstery and say that they all look the same or whatever, each Marvel movie is doing something very distinctive and mm -hmm. decidedly different from the movie that came directly before. Mm -hmm. You know, and with, I with with only with only two exceptions. Yes, with only say. two exceptions, and we all know which two I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh <laughs> but yeah, but like there's just so much great work being done in these in in part two and three that that's kind of everyone no one needs to be reminded that back to the future is perfect but i do think that i will be preaching the gospel of back to the futures part two and three are worth remembering fondly mm -hmm. they're imperfect but i you know how i feel i love imperfect movies those are my favorite yeah ones. well and 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 they're imperfect in so much as like if you're if you're looking at them as you know films compared to like the pantheon of filmmaking but like <laughs> as as sequels to that first movie like i they're 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 still really tight movies they're really well constructed like they're not perfect like that first one but mm -hmm. i just i love all of what they tried to do. Like, I love that the second movie is returning to the first movie and it's doing the whole like paradox thing and it's doing alternate universe. And it's, it's, it's a very different kind of movie. And then I love that the third one sort of brings it back to its roots, but flips everything on its head. Like it's a really cool way to make us make sequels to that first movie. Yeah. Um, it's, I, it's I think I, I don't, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine better sequels to that first movie than what we got. It, it's almost like they got the perfect one out of the way first. Mm -hmm. And with the sequels, they were like, well, now let's just have fun. Like, let's just get weird right. with it. Right. And some of that worked more than others. Like, I'm personally not a big fan of like the Biff horrific stuff, but like, it's fun that it's there and it, and it, and it predicted the, <laughs> the, 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 so much of the, like we've, it's been so weird and crazy that I, I think it's added to the culture. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think that as much as it was rough to watch minute by minute, I don't think it's that bad when you're just watching the movie. Of course. And um and you know one it it gave us it gave us uh, uh Strickland uh Hero of the Wasteland which is Yes, important. which I'll never which I'll take with me to my to my grave. And it gave us Furiosa Lorraine um mm -hmm. which which is also great. Uh but it's it also serves a purpose for the story, you know? It 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 shows you how I mean, to a certain extent, it's kind of a butterfly effect story in a certain yeah. way. Mm -hmm. You know, like you did this one selfish thing and it snowballed into like a literal hellscape. Um, and I I think that that's 
an important story to tell, especially in, in the terms of Marty. I mean, I would say the only issue I have with Back to the Future 2 is that they removed the, the, the storyline that Marty in 2015 was broke and that Marty, our Marty, hero Marty, was taking, was buying the almanac to save his family. Yeah, which no, makes it a little more heroic. That's the only that's the only thing that I would say. That's my only legitimate criticism of part two, I think, because if you had done that, everything else and keep everything else the same, I think the whole movie plays better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's just like it, it, it's one of the opportunities of examining it under such scrutiny is you do get to kind of see where each line of thread is going. Mm hmm. Exactly. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think, you know, on, on, on the other end of this, I appreciate these movies even more than I had already appreciated them. And I certainly appreciate the sequels more than I ever did before. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm just really, I'm really happy we did this. Me too. Thank you for, uh, thank you for, uh, ask, telling me to, or asking me to be on it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I wouldn't invest anyone else. No. So, um, all right. Not even Zach. Um, (laughs) Poor Zach. (laughs) Uh, uh, No, I mean, you were were the perfect co-host for this. And uh, despite what certain iTunes reviews uh, have said in the past. Sure. And and, right. And and uh, Zach is the perfect co-host for that show. So it's uh, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's good. Yeah, it's great. Um, so, uh, I think that's, uh, that about wraps it up. We've got three more episodes to go. Yeah. We've got, uh, emails and things to talk about. So, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with, uh, with another episode. All right. Bye everybody.